0: My name is Jason Eisner, and I am uh, the director, co-writer, and uh, editor of Kids vs. Aliens, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast.
1: Everyone And welcome back to the horror squad podcast. This is episode number 283 tonight. We are going to be reviewing influencer from 2023. You can check it out over on shutter. If you haven't already, we are toddlers tonight. Unfortunately, that is why you were hearing me Joe to start off the show, but me and Steve are here. Don't worry, folks. We're always putting on an episode just about every week. We hardly ever miss. So you know, we're always going to be here for you. We're like a warm blanket. Just put it on every Friday. And we're here to comfort
0: you. Uh, Steve, how you doing, buddy? How was your week? I'm doing good. Yeah, and that's also the reason we're not doing Day of the Dead. Uh, we wouldn't dare do a Romero film without Todd on the podcast. So we uh, decided to push it out. And we didn't know what we were reviewing until like yesterday. We were kind of like, uh, I was waiting for actually Becky, or Becky's Wrath, or Wrath of Becky, or whatever the fuck they called the sequel, to be out on VOD. but It's not in Canada yet. So uh, this was our backup Figured to do something new. We've been doing classics for a little while now and uh yeah i mean i'm excited you know this one i have stuff to to talk about <laughs> with this one i i wrote more notes than i expected with this movie i had to revisit it because i watched it weeks ago but yeah looking forward to this how are you doing
1: Ah, uh, yeah holding up for anyone in the discord probably already knows we unfortunately lost uh raven our dog uh last week which is why i wasn't on the episode um she actually uh, she passed on the day we were supposed to record so Thank you to Steve and Todd for stepping up and doing the episode without me. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for everyone that's reached out. Um, it's been not an easy week. that yeah, it sucks. I mean, losing a pet is one of the worst experiences, really, you can go through. Obviously, besides losing a family member. But they are a member of your family Absolutely. in a lot of ways, you know. I mean, they're here every single day of your life. There's so much. It's just not having the routine. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's tough. But yeah, we're getting through. So thank you to everyone that's reached out to me or Sam. During this time, um, yeah, it's, you know, every a lot of every, I know a lot of you have dealt with it too, and yeah, it, it sucks. Yeah, I'll leave it at that, because I'll start crying if I go in deeper. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of that this week, but uh, I know Movie Club is coming up, right? See,
0: I don't know how you transition from that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> right, yeah. I, 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 I know Movie Club's coming up soon, Steve. Well, yeah. You want to mention that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Movie Club is going to be uh, next Friday from the one, you know, from the day this one releases. So that's uh, June, like... 30th or something like that whatever that friday is and i don't know what we're gonna do yet i've been working on something else like in my personal life so i've kind of not put a lot of thought into it but uh yeah so that'll definitely be the date it's at 9 p.m all you need to be is on our discord so you can get the link and everything like that the gist of it is we get together and we watch a movie that's usually voted on by the people of the discord and then we kind of do live commentary you know everyone not just the squad but everyone at the same time and then once we're done watching the movie together we uh, discuss it and then just hang out for until i get tired to be honest that's how it works until i and that could be anywhere from like 11 30 p.m or 4 a.m like it really depends on on the friday that's actually a long weekend it's canada day weekend for for us so who knows maybe it'll be a little later than usual uh hope you can all make it and all you have to do is ask us for a link to the Discord and join what well, is a great group anyway just a lot of horror discussions going on all the time in there so it's a it's a good time and now's a really good time to join our discord because i started seeing that some halloween stuff starting to poke its head uh, into stores so if you want to hear about like what deals are going on what people are seeing out there it's a great group for that like we all look out for each other see hey you know lowe's has this awesome stuff as of today and it's that time of year you know i'm excited it's it's early i mean it's june but it's it's that's when halloween stuff comes out now they try to bring out halloween stuff so that they're out by september so they could put christmas shit in which is unfortunate but that's our new reality and anything uh, yep. that you've seen so far that uh piques your interest Jeff. No, you know, nothing like in stores yet, but I did see
1: that Lego is releasing the Hocus Pocus, uh, the Sanderson sister, like house and stuff that like finally like I I remember I had seen that online, like for the past like few years Mm -hmm. and they finally decided they like took that fan's idea and decided, Hey, let's make this. So I think that's really cool. I'm not a Lego guy, really. I mean, I think it would be like a really fun thing to build but i feel like it's gonna be really expensive at the same time because like i don't know what those sets go for but... like 500 probably oh god yeah. <laughs> yeah no i'll pass hard pass then probably on that i mean it's cool but i don't think it's 500 bucks cool and honestly i probably would never end up building it uh you know it could be <laughs> right. something to hold. could be something to hold on to i don't know if those things like go up in price this time goes on i'm not as i don't know i know lego lego
0: collectors can be pretty serious so yeah absolutely yeah and, and on my end um I saw Lowe's put out some Haunted Mansion stuff that I'm really interested Mm. in, uh, particularly some tombstones that I'd love to put in my living room. So I'll look out for that. Unfortunately, they don't come up to Canada. So going to Salem actually in a few weeks. And I will kind of check out stores there and hopefully I can find something. Yeah, you'll be
1: going on our first Tiki cruise because our Tiki cruise got canceled (laughs) on Saturday. Again? Again, we've had two straight Tiki boat cancellations. So yeah, so I'm excited to finally get out on the water hopefully hopefully the weather hopefully.
0: will be nice yeah for that weekend i mean i hope it better be yeah well i'm um, coming either way so whether oh, we, yeah. we go tiki cruising or do something else i'm sure uh, yeah it'll be a fun absolutely weekend.
1: yeah absolutely we'll we'll make it we'll make the best out of it either way
0: all right so uh joe are you ready for us to spill the tea oh you want the tea i'm sorry i'm sorry we don't serve tea nope instead you get a cup of joe and now here's joe With the news.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Chuck. And here it is, ladies and gentlemen, your cup of Joe for this week. Uh, Let's start off with some big, big news that came out recently. And that is, is that Lionsgate is going to be welcoming back the leprechaun franchise ladies and gentlemen you know the last one we had was a sci-fi original done by um who played leprechaun in that one? i was three, Oh, lyndon porco, L- lyndon porco played yeah. yes lyndon porco played him in that one i don't expect him to be back for this one but lionsgate so it seems like we are going to get an actual theatrical release possibly here um so here are the Here is the information we have so far. They are calling this a reimagining of the Leprechaun franchise. Mike Van Weiss wrote the screenplay, and Felipe Vargas, who some of you may know for milk teeth, I do not, but he will be taking on the director's chair for this new Leprechaun movie. Here is a little uh, statement released. uh, 30 years after its debut, this franchise still casts a spell, and we're thrilled to be bringing it back with a new vision. Aaron Westerman, president of production for Lionsgate Motions Pictures, said, "Uh, Roy and Mary are two of our most trusted producers, especially with this genre, and we're excited by Felipe's vision for this film as a director. And in his hands, this movie should be very scary and a ton of fun. It also noted that Warwick Davis is not expected to reprise his role as the leprechaun. So yeah, uh, what do you think, Steve?
0: Excited for this? Uh, yeah, like uh, cautiously optimistic i guess would be my best description i mean the last one was pretty good the one before was absolute dog shit and a lot of those later sequels were really bad but some of the early ones were fun i guess it depends how they uh proceed with this character so i mean what do you rather see would you rather see a dark leprechaun or a more comedy focused leprechaun I think go back, you know, that's a good question. I would be okay with either
1: one. Honestly, I think if they took it a more dark, scary direction, I think that could be really cool and interesting, but I also wouldn't mind just going back to the roots of original Leprechaun where it's has moments of dark and scariness, but also moments of comedy.
0: So I'm good either way. Yeah. I think the mix of the first one is a good mix. Whereas they got really ridiculous by the time they go to space so yeah it's uh i'd like to see something more like the first one where it is a horror movie but leprechaun's still a little like kind of sarcastic shit and i think that would be kind of the best way so we'll, we'll see where they go with it i just hope it's not like origins because wow that was when they when they talk about leprechaun reimagining that's the first thing i think of and that was such a swing and a miss to me that i hope they don't go anywhere near that direction Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm interested to hear Todd's
1: thoughts about this too, but I think I probably already know them, but (laughs) all right, let's get into the next big piece of news here. And that is the announcement of Terrifier 3. We knew it was coming, ladies and gentlemen, after the massive success of Terrifier 2. And here is what we know about Terrifier 3. It Is, once again, acquired by Bloody Disgusting and Screambox, so not much will change there. The big, big piece is that they are planning to do a more wide rollout in North American theaters. So they're expecting a wide theatrical release for this one right before um, shipping it off to Screambox for streaming. So what does this mean? I don't know exactly. Is it going to be... You know, out for a week or two and then to screen box, or are they going to try to put it out for a month and then release it on screen box? No information on that yet. But it, what do you think, Steve? You think it'll be kind of like how they did
0: it with part two? Uh, no, I, I think it's just going to be like an actual, like regular movie. Like it's going to be out in theaters for mm. however long it needs to be and then come out to screen box once the theatrical run is done, which is a really interesting thing. Has Has this ever happened? to your recollection, where a straight-to-video movie series eventually goes to theaters because it got too popular. It's always the opposite, right? They always do the first one in theaters and then the rest go to straight-to-video, but that's the opposite, which is super interesting That and good on, you know, uh, that whole team, Damien Leone especially, and David Howard Thornton and everyone. It's quite the accomplishment. I I can't think of any example in any genre where this happened before. I, I can't
1: either. I'm sure it has happened and I'm sure someone in our discord or something can maybe look, uh, tell us or something, but nothing for sure. Nothing. I, I certainly can't think of. And this is, we are, we are truly witnessing the, um, you know, the birth of a, of a new horror icon. I mean, we have were talking about it. We thought, you know, oh, you know, he needs a couple more movies under his belt, but what this they've been able to accomplish in two movies and heading into its third movie is Unlike anything I've I've seen, I I don't think you know in horror since I've been born. Anyway, uh, you know I wasn't really there for the slasher, you know the birth of slashers pretty much in the '80s. There or the slasher just you know craziness of it all. But this is I think the closest we'll ever see to it uh, in this day and age. It's amazing. Art is just so incredibly hot right now. You see him everywhere. It, the fans just absolutely are going crazy for him. I, and I don't, you know, I understand in a way why, but in another way, I'm like, he's just a clown. Like, you know, like anyone else I feel like could have did this. So is it the gore, uh, you know, that the fans were missing or is it clowns always work for the most part? But it was just something that really, you know, the fans just really grabbed onto, And uh, it's it's really special. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. As far as other things um, to do with this, I do want to mention they are planning to release it unrated. So that is why they went with Bly Disgusting. Uh, once again, they said a lot of studios aren't willing to take the sort of risk these days with movies like this, but they credited play Disgusting and Cineverse, who is their other partner, for allowing them to release it you know, unrated in theaters. So yeah, I mean, I know because I'm part of the art the clown Facebook group and Damien Leone and David Hartwright are very active in that. And David, uh, Damien Leone, just about a month or two ago, asked the fans in that group Would you rather see an R rated version that's going to be wide released in theaters, or would you rather see, you know, an unrated version like we've been doing, but it might just have a limited release? Well, it looks like he got the best of both worlds with with it because he's going to be able to release it now unrated. In theaters and uh, yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's coming out, I think, next year. I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard a release date on this. I, I just don't imagine they'll be able to release it in time for this October. No, no, it'll so, probably be October yeah, next year, 2024. So, uh, oh, yeah, right. I know the budget's gonna be a lot more massive on this one. Like I think they're going from two hundred fifty thousand dollars to about ten
0: million or something like that. So, whew, that's good for them, man. <laughs> How does he top his kill? from Terrifier 2 at this point like he he did he did it from 1 right. to 2 i think they were close but uh, i think he did top it i don't know how he tops it above this unless there's multiple victims or something yeah. it's it's crazy yeah
1: i don't think he needs to cuz at, at a certain point it's going to be like that's all he's going to obsess over and it will it could hurt the quality of the film or the crazier you go. Um, it just starts to get silly or stupid. I mean, but I don't know. That, yeah.
0: that, that end credit scene is pretty fucking silly.
1: It, it is pretty wicked silly, yeah. But that kill wasn't, that kill was fucking no, great. That kill wasn't, um, right. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve for this third one. And you know I I know we interviewed him he said he didn't want to do a lot more but like why why would you stop you know like it's it's uh, we'll stop until the the well starts to run dry anyway obviously you never want to go the route of sort of fr- where Friday the 13th ended up going where you're heading into space and you're switching people bodies out you know Jason taking the people's bodies and stuff so I think the sweet number here could be 5 you know before it starts g- heading into shitty territory but who knows, you know? I mean, Jeepers Creepers it only took to part three before they started getting shitty, right? So, but but I have faith. I think Terrifier three is gonna be. I think you know the uh, the jump from one to two was was uh, quite impressive, and I'm hoping two to three will be even better. I just, I, I mean, obviously the all the mythological stuff that came in in part two concerns me a little bit, but I hope they can kind of pull it back a little bit on uh, part three, but yeah. All right. Let's move on. Cause we've been on terrifier for way too long here. <laughs> all right. Uh, next bit of news here. Last of us haunted ha- uh, attraction has been announced for Halloween horror nights. So for all of you, I know a lot of you guys um, in our discord, especially, but I know a lot of our listeners uh, do attend Halloween horror nights, Steve being one of the biggest what do you think? Do you,
0: uh, you think this is a good choice for our house this year? It's perfect. It's like a perfect type of it's a game that they're doing for for the record, not not the TV show. I think it's like just it could be incredible. And I can't wait to see uh, what they do with it. I mean, they only announced two out of the 10 houses so far, and I already think it's better than last year. So uh, it's, it's doing good. Now the big rumor is the next one is going to be Stranger Things season four. So We'll see. Uh, what's going on and the evil Dead being the other kind of big one with probably a musician running out the IPs. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, having Chucky and now last of us is already making this event pretty strong and I am psyched to, uh, to return. So yeah, it's good. Hell yeah. Yeah. It'll be,
1: it'll definitely be fun. I didn't know it was based on the game over the yep. movie. So that's pretty, yeah, that's interesting. They can do a lot more with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking, you just mentioned Stranger Stranger Things. We got a little Stranger Things Things news for season five, of course, w- which will be the last season of Stranger Things. Who knows when it's gonna happen? The writer strike, obviously, really messing things up right now. But we have a little bit of cast announcement to make here, as it has been announced that Linda Hamilton will be joining. The cast uh, for season five, no word yet on her character. Will it be like a sort of a Freddy Krueger one episode cameo role? Will she be a little more involved? We'll see. But
0: Linda Hamilton, good casting choice, I think. Yeah, she's great. And she hasn't lost a beat. I mean, she was in the last Terminator film like two years ago. And she was awesome in it. So I'm psyched. Nice. All right. Another casting choice to note is Giancarlo
1: Esposito, who a lot of you know as Gus Fring from Breaking Bad and also uh, The Mandalorian, I believe he is in. He has just joined the cast of the mysterious Universal Monster movie that Radio Silence has been attached to. Nothing as of note about what this is going to be. They're just titling that. I think we made some ideas. Uh, The movie is dated to be released For April 19th of next year, Dan Stevens from The Guest and also Kevin Durant from The Strain and Catherine Newton from Freaky have also all signed on to uh, join the cast here. But yeah, other than that, we know that a script has been written, but we don't know what this is going to be. They're just calling it that. Uh, I know we speculated potentially it could be sort of like a monster squad thing where like all the universal monster monsters kind of come together. Could it be like a creature movie? We don't know, but very exciting. I mean, with radio silence behind the helm, I mean, those guys always kill it for the most part, you know, scream maybe. So, so on those, but all their other movies have been really good. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think universal monsters would be awesome for, for them to do. So yeah, we'll keep you guys updated when we know more about that, but it should be great. All right, just a couple more stories to get through here. What we do in the shadows season five has been officially announced for its release. It is going to be premiering on July 13th, 2023. I'm not gonna lie, I jumped, I've kind of jumped off the boat. I have not finished the last one and a half. I'm like halfway through, I think I'm like a full season behind at this point. So Should I jump back on,
0: Steve? Is it worth it? Do I need to get back into this? Uh, The last season was very hit and miss. Some episodes were good. Some episodes were like, why? why? Why are you doing this? But without spoiling anything, where they get to at the end of season four leads them into something that I think could be better for season five. Because what happened at the end of season three I don't think they handled too well in season four. Uh, there's something major that happens with one of the characters, and it, I don't know, it just, it didn't feel right. And it took a long time to recover from that. So I'd say, yeah, watch it because they are still great characters, but it definitely don't expect season one and two quality. So hopefully they recover with five because they must've heard people's feedback. So curious to see what happens. All right. And the final bit of news here tonight
1: something that maybe you guys talked about over on your Less, Less XP gaming podcast, but it has been announced that Friday the 13th, the game is coming to an end. For those of you that played it, uh, the license has expired on the game. Uh, here was their official announcement The time has come, our license for Friday the 13th will expire on December 31st, 2023. On that that date, Friday the 13th, the game will no longer be available for sale, both physically and digitally. The game will, however, continue to function through at least December 31st, 2024. And that's really all they had to say about that. So, you you know, you still will be able to play it for a couple more, well, really, maybe another year, year and a half, and then that's it for them. What is the good news about this is that Harry Manfredi, did tease that they are going to be releasing a new Friday the 13th game. Whether that involves the makers of this game or not, I would say yes, considering they're kind of, let's like, you know, kind of push this one away and focus on a new one.
0: But yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Steve? I know you're, you know, a lot, probably know more about this than me, maybe. So first I was bummed about this news because for those who listen to uh, my other podcast, Let's XP Geek and Gaming podcast, when we do, so, like we do for movie nights on this podcast, we do game nights with the other podcast. And often the game that we play is Friday thirteenth the game because it is atrocious to play alone, but amazing to play with friends. And we get together and we just have a ton of fun. Like one person plays Jason, the other plays play the counselors, and we we laugh so much about the shenanigans that we get up to and trying to kind of outsmart each other. So I am bummed about this. But, there isn't a lack of this type of game coming out. You know, we have, of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out this summer. There's Evil Dead that's already out there, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Ghostbusters. There's a bunch of games that could replace Friday the 13th. Uh, Dead, Dead by Daylight's another one. So, I, yeah, that's 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 fine. You know, it, it's going to happen. We knew the writing was on the wall for a long time. As for this other game, uh, the developer did go on Twitter and confirm that it won't be the same type of game. So I'm expecting maybe something more of a single player story, kind of like Blair Witch was, which I think, Joe, you should still check out. And yeah, that makes me excited because I'm tired of these fucking 4v1 games or 4v2 or whatever they're doing with the other ones. And I think it's time to have like a proper narrative uh, Friday the 13th story. And I think that would be fucking fantastic. So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Hell yes. I would love like to see a like a really well done like one player horror game because there hasn't been like an officially licensed one in a long time right
0: nothing I can think of That that's good I mean Blair Witch is probably the best one I mean there are some great non like horror franchise ones that are out there mm-hmm. for sure but as far as like a known character from a movie no yeah. I think which is the only really good one that i can think of off the top of my head in years so right the evil dead ones used to be awesome yeah back in like the playstation like, yeah, two years decades. ago. So. Yeah, right, yeah yeah oh <laughs> yeah, yeah no, they, ghostbusters probably the the most hmm. and that's that's even that that's like 2009 at this point so it's been a while yeah speaking of ghostbusters when the fuck is ghostbusters vr coming out they like announced that like (laughs) like forever ago uh soon this year they they just did a vr VR conference and uh, that was part of their vr conference so they announced a few uh, horror things one in particular that i'm excited about it's called the seventh guest it's a kind of puzzle game but in a scary mansion so i'm looking forward to it there's i love horror in vr and vr so both things awesome you gonna pick up the three right away? Or you are gonna hold off a little bit on it? I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna hold off because the two works really well, and I really yeah. just use it to golf. If I'm being honest at this point, yeah. uh, that and like wandering, which is a game where I can essentially go in Google Maps and like walk around in different mm-hmm. cities in the world. I'd like explore the world when I'm bored. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I don't think I need a three. I might do the like a skip a generation. So the, I'll buy sure. the four, then the six, and you know so. I think this three, unless they force me to do the three at some point. Right, right. That They seem to be doing that with the one right now where like, yeah, know, their games are not, mm-hmm. you know, supporting it anymore. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited.
1: I think Apple kind of their, their announcement. I mean, yeah, the thing's worth 3,500 bucks, right. but I think, <laughs> I think it really does show where VR can go. Like, yeah. and it's pretty damn impressive. Like, so we're, we're getting I, there, I,
0: like, finally. Yeah, you know? we are.
1: Yeah, I think so. So we'll see. And yeah, I guess that's it for our news this week, everyone, or your
0: cup of Joe, as Chuck likes to call it. So thank you. Yeah. And now that we're done with this cup of Joe, let's go on to another. And our favorite cup of Joe, other than this one, is, of course, from Deadly Grounds Coffee.
1: All right, Stevie,
0: what have you been watching this week? So our 70s list is uh, coming up. You know, a few weeks from now, we're going to be doing our annual top of the decade list. We've gone all the way from the 2010s and now we're down to the 70s. Like, wow, we've been doing this for, what is that? One, two, three, four years. This is our fifth year that we're doing a decade list. Uh, so in preparation of that, I watched two 70s films. These are films I haven't seen that I've seen on some lists like online and just trying to like make my list, I guess, as strong as possible when we get it on that episode. And as I announced last week, uh, we are starting to gather lists from people. So we're asking for people to send us their top 10 horror films of the 70s. And then we can have kind of a stronger episode because we have kind of like a, you know, a listener's list you know an ultimate list and we have more stats and stuff like that so if anyone wants to send that to us just send it to any of our social medias whether it's our like horror squad accounts or any of us personally and we will make sure to get that in and i think there might be a contest involved Uh, i will announce it next week for anyone who sends in lists i got a ton of horror stuff that's just like sitting there like autographs and prints and pops and all sorts of stuff so uh, tune in next week and I will all those Ed, All those Ed Gale autographs. That's right. All you those Ed Gale like autographs <laughs> I've been holding on to that I don't want to put out. Yeah. So next week I will make an announcement about that. But for now, start putting in your 70s list. Anyone who would enter, of course, even if it's before I announce it, will be entered to the contest. So let's begin. So the first one, like I said, I have not seen this, which I watched over on Shutter. It's from 1978 and it's called The Evil. Very simple title. So this one is about a um a caretaker, he takes takes care of this like big mansion and it seems to be have been abandoned for a while but not like decrepitly abandoned just a lot of cobwebs and stuff like that. So he's kind of like fixing up the house for for sale and stuff. So he goes in there and he uh he sees some ghosts and he gets killed by the ghostly uh, apparition or encounter. Uh, then a few weeks later, the people who I guess bought the house are going in and trying to renovate it and get everything together so they can put it up to its an like original beauty again. But they start getting the same type of hauntings. The ghosts seem to be wanting to tell them something, trying to send a message, and people start disappearing and getting killed off one by one until the final ones start figuring out what the mystery of this mansion is all about. I love supernatural films, so this is right in my wheelhouse. I especially love ghost films. There's something about ghost films, particularly in the 70s and early 80s, that are a little freaky because the CGI isn't quite up to snuff, but it almost gives it like a like a greater feel than uh, films of like the 90s or the 2000s that try to pull off ghosts, which is so obviously CGI. And the ghosts in this actually look pretty cool. Like, it's obvious how they did them. You know, they painted people essentially gray and then just kind of, uh, you know, did shot, shot on shot. So it kind of looks like they're translucent. But I think the effects actually comes off really creepy. And uh, I did like that a lot. Uh, the story itself... Pretty basic. I mean, there's nothing too crazy about it. It's a bunch of teenagers. They do the typical things that teenagers did in the 70s and 80s. There's always that one serious one, that one studious uh, woman, the one goofball who's always doing practical jokes. It's like the really stereotype of this type of film, or any type of film really in the 80s that have teenagers involved. And I think the movie is like, okay, you know, nothing special about this one. The kills aren't necessarily all that great. And it did go into somewhere interesting about two thirds of the way, but then it goes into a pretty goofy ending, which kind of ruined the film. If you ask me, I think if they had kept it somewhat serious, it could have been a higher score. But ultimately, I enjoyed watching it. It definitely won't make my top ten. I gave it three out of five stars over on Letterboxd. righty.
1: one I've definitely never seen either. So cool. All right, first one I got tonight is a rewatch, but one Sam had never seen before. We were actually, we watched it yesterday. We were on the, the TV checking out my recordings. And there was an episode of Most Wanted Treasures, for any of you wrestling fans. And I had an episode recorded for Roddy Roddy Piper. And she's like, oh, I don't remember him. And I was like, oh, he was like in They Live. I was like, it's really, what, Carpenter's really? She's like, I would never seen it. And I was like, oh, well, let's watch it right now. So I we pumped it right in and we watched it. And it's been probably a few years since I've seen it. But for those of you who have never seen They Live, stars the man, Roddy Roddy Piper, of course, big WWF rest, uh, superstar back then, and also Keith David as well in this one. Uh, but this one is about, he is, uh Roddy Piper is kind of like a drifter uh, going through hard times, uh, trying to find work and whatnot. He ends up stumbling upon a construction site where he meets Keith David's character. Keith David obviously knows he's, you know, homeless time times, says, hey, like, let me take you for, you know, a hot meal and stuff like that. So he kind of brings them to this encampment, this sort of homeless encampment run by these this like church next door. And Roddy Rod Piper starts to notice there's some like weird stuff going on in this church. He stumbles up uh, in on it. Notices that there's like a bunch of like weird sunglasses inside and stuff like that. And the church ends up getting raided like that day or the next day. He goes back in. He finds a pair, uh, a box of those sunglasses. He ends up putting on those sunglasses. And what he comes to find out is that the world is basically being overrun by aliens that we don't know that they're here only a certain very small number of people have seen uh, these aliens and know what is going on. But, you know, when he puts them on, essentially, he sees that, you know, every form of media, you know, instead of the magazine cover or the billboard, you know, you see a, you know, a sexy woman on the beach, you put on the glasses and it says marry and reproduce, you know, or a certain magazine, you know, it will say obey and, you know, all this sort of stuff uh, conform. You know, basically just control, essentially. So he finds this out. He finds Keith David again, makes him put on the glasses in on one of the greatest fight scenes of all time. And essentially the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out what to do and how to stop these aliens. And that's pretty much the movie. Yeah, I mean, I really still enjoy this movie to this day. It holds up. Really well, and it's just as relevant today as it was when it was made in uh, 1988. The aliens look cool. I love the whole sunglasses bit. There's just the right amount of comedy. It's like really fucking goofy. You know, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum, a, a all-timer line right there. But it, it works in this movie because uh, the aliens sort of have a, a goofy look to them, but it luckily never gets too goofy, you know, where it starts to become stupid or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I really enjoy this one. Is it one of Carpenter's best? No, but it's definitely one of the better, the better ones. You know, it's not up there with Halloween or The Thing or even Christine. But I think I I think it's after the next tier sort of uh, down from that. I give it a three and a half out of five. Definitely a good movie worth checking out. And Sam enjoyed it a lot as well.
0: I think They Live was, like, ahead of its time. And had it been made maybe 10, 15 years later, people would have appreciated it more because it's about subliminal messaging and it's about, like, the government being run by essentially aliens and, you know, the, they're all at the highest levels of power. I think this movie was just too early. And it's it's weird. It's, like, one of those things where I don't think a ton of people have actually seen it, but they would absolutely recognize pictures of it, uh, especially the alien with the Obey is it's like very iconic imagery and uh i think that movie doesn't get the respect that it deserves in my opinion so that's great that she saw it finally it's definitely a classic carmen so good like he's got so many fucking bangers <laughs> all right so my uh, last one this week is of course another film from the 1970s which i also watched on shutter and this one's called tombs of the blind dead so this is a Portuguese film, I believe. So it's somewhere in South America. It's about a um, a woman who she she's doing like, it's weird. She like meets up with this other woman who's with a dude and then they want to like go on vacation together or whatever. It's a really weird kind of dynamic between the three. You think that she has history with the guy because of how uncomfortable they seem to be around each other. But you come to find out pretty early that she was actually in a relationship with the girl or at least had like a one-night stand with the girl which is what's causing the kind of on un- the-, the kind of weird chemistry between the three so she's uh, they're going on a train towards wherever they're going and she decides you know what fuck this i don't want to be part of this thing anymore so she jumps off the train and just starts like walking away because she sees like a like a castle in you know the distance and she figures I'm going to go over there and see what's going on. So she jumps off the train and then walks towards this castle. And she like makes herself comfortable in this abandoned castle. Mind you, she's not like entering someone's house or anything. Uh, So she walks into this abandoned castle and she just parks in there. And she like takes her clothes off, gets her PJs and goes first and sleeps, you know. But then she gets attacked by these zombies, I guess. Uh, They're kind of like crusade type zombies. You know, they're still in their like armor and they got hoods. And they got horses and they're uh, very interesting looking zombies. And they kill her. And then the story picks off with the other two trying to figure out what happened to her with the police involved. Police think that it's uh, like gangs who are pretending this place is haunted so that they can like make excuses for why people are disappearing all of a sudden. Whereas this other like psychologist guy thinks it's actually like hauntings going on over there. So the couple go there to find out and investigate what is actually going on, and that's kind of the gist of the story. You uh, you have the guy who goes to the gangs to tell him like you need to help me because uh, I need to find this girl, but and then he's like, why would I help you? He's like, well, basically, if I don't, if you don't help me, the cops are going to come after you because they think you're doing this. So it becomes kind of this whole thing. Uh, it's it's an interesting film. I, I I can't say it was like great or anything. The zombies are really cool looking, very unique looking, and I kind of wish there were more of them. There's really only two or three scenes where they appear and they're amazing, but they're so few and far between. And there's so much bullshit between those scenes that it made for a kind of slow experience. Now, the fact that it was in Portuguese probably didn't help because I I feel the translation sucked. So I started watching it. I forget which service I watched it on first, and it was dubbed. And I watched the first maybe five minutes of it dubbed. And I can't stand dubbed films. It just, it it never looks good. So I decided, you know, fuck it. I'm going to find another version of it, but with subtitles. So that's when I went to Shudder. And as I was watching those first five minutes again in Portuguese, what was written did not match at all the dubbing that I had watched previously. So I'm wondering how much was lost in translation in that movie as well. But overall it's a decent film. Like I I don't regret watching anything, but it's nothing I'd go out of my way to check out. I gave it two and a half stars out of five over on letterbox. That's tombs of the blind dead. Yeah. I've run into that uh, quite a few
1: times where the translation is not like gelling, like with what what you're seeing on the screen. And it's awful. uh, It
0: happens to me a lot because I I speak fluent French, Uh, Mm -hmm. like I'm perfectly bilingual. So when there's French in a movie, I'm, sometimes the subtitles because it's an English film they'll put subtitles and I'm just like wow that is not at <laughs> all what the fuck they're saying or mm-hmm. they simplify it so much that you lose right. so much, a lot of context so mm-hmm. yeah you, you realize that and then you start thinking like fuck all these movies I've been watching that are foreign like Ringu which we reviewed last week mm-hmm. how much context am I actually missing because the subtitles suck you know right yeah no it could definitely make or break a movie for sure there was one time like I had to
1: shut like I was like I got like a half hour in and I'm like the subtitles were just so bad that it was like it was almost like translating it word for word rather than like putting it into like English. you know what i mean so like it didn't make sense you know right. like so i was like well i'm like not understanding this at all so that that sucks um, but I,
0: I will take t- subtitles over dubbed any day of the week oh dubbed yeah, is so a million fucking bad it's the worst yeah the worst
1: I'm going to run down and maybe you can join in in this discussion too, Steve. I watched the new season of Black Mirror. Did you? Not yet, no. Not yet? Okay. I won't do spoilery or anything, but I'll kind of... I've watched four of the five episodes they've released so far. Um, I started watching the last one today, but then I fell asleep. So I can give you my short thoughts on this season. I think Black Mirror, the first like four seasons... Of black mirror were amazing like really fucking like top tier television season five i thought definitely was not great you know that was the one that had striking vipers which was a, a popular discussion on this which, show which is which is
0: <laughs> fucking crazy when he so i was just telling joe before this episode happened that this is my 200th episode since i joined mm. this podcast and so, when we talked about Striking Vipers, was actually my um like trial episode that I did, <laughs> which is episode 79. And mm-hmm. that shows. So, the last season of Black Mirror. Yeah. Was when I fucking started on this podcast. That's how fucking long Crazy. ago <laughs> Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. That's like four yeah. years ago. <laughs> that's, yeah,
1: 2019.
0: That's ridiculous. It's. Yeah. So it's been a long wait for yeah. season five. That's, that's only three episodes of season five. Season
1: six. Yeah. Only three episodes. Yeah. You had the, um, so you had the, that one, which of course was the video game one. Then you had uh smithereens, which was the guy that was uh, stuck in the car, like the hostage situation. Right. And then the Miley Cyrus episode that, yes. yeah. So like after those four seasons, like I felt like that one was a big sort of step down. And then this season comes out, you know, five, or six years later or whatever. And, I'd say this was a step up I guess from season 5 but still not in the same realm as those first few seasons. Um, so episode 1 you have Joan is awful which I think is probably the second most black mirror like type episode of the entire season cuz there were a couple episodes into this season that weren't wasn't really black mirror like at all. And when I say black mirror I mean you know stuff dealing with the future or extreme sort of technology, which is kind of what the whole show was supposed to be about. So yeah, this one was about a young a young woman who one day f- wakes up and sees a new show streaming over on Streamberry, which basically is Netflix. And the show is called Her Name. Joan is awful, and basically the show is showing her entire like day that she had that day has become a television series. Uh, really interesting, and she obviously some bad things are revealed. That kind of ruins her life. So she teams up with Selma Hayek, who is playing Joan. And what we what we kind of find out is she's really not playing Joan. What Streamberry has done, or this Netflix thing, and it's a good like sort of story because they are able to take technology, obviously, AI put Selma Hayek's face on. It's basically like all completely computer generated. And of course, Joan didn't, Click didn't read the terms of service, and essentially Netflix, Streamberry, anyone can take anyone's life and make it into a television show, is what we kind of find. So it's about the dangers of that. That one was pretty solid. I thought this one, you know, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It gets a little goofy here and there. It definitely started to lose me. A little bit towards the end, but I think there's a good message in here. And overall, I was pretty entertained by it. So I give that one a seven out of 10. Uh, The next one I watched was Beyond the Sea. This one is the longest episode of the season, an hour and 20 minutes long, but it was also the best. This one stars Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett. They essentially, it takes place in, they call it an alternative 1969, where essentially the two of them are up in space on a mission and what they do is the government has created essentially cyborgs uh like cyborg bodies for them to live down on earth while their bodies are up in space so essentially like once a week they kind of do their mission like things and then they go into sort of these hyperbaric chambers where their kind of subconscious mind goes back down into their cyborg bodies and I don't want to say a lot about this one because I think the less you know about it, the better. Because there's a big, big twist sort of in the opening that kind of sends, sets in motion the rest of the story. And yeah, I, I loved this one. I see people are a little more split on it than me, but I thought it was brilliant. I thought, you know, it's it's a bit predictable at times. But man, the performances by both Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett are are just amazing in this. It's shot really well. It goes to, and it's one of the darker episodes of Black Mirror for sure too. It goes to some really fucking dark places. And I, I really, really like this one. I give it an eight out of 10. The next one is Maisie Day. This one is about a, a paparazzi that, you know, she's kind of, you know, a little unsure about if she, you know, wants to be involved in this life. Well, a a celebrity ends up kind of going into hiding after a hit and run accident and it's a big payday basically $40,000 get a shot of this girl so she goes on a sort of wild goose chase to find this celebrity to get the shot this fucking episode is not black mirror at all it is fucking creep show like it is a complete it, it becomes a horror episode by the end of it and it is the lowest rated episode of the entire tier- season, but I really liked it. And I think it's because it was a horror episode. It's no, it, And I can see why people didn't like it because it's not Black Mirror. It is not a Black Mirror episode. It's more like a show episode, but I thought it was super uh, entertaining. I always enjoyed it. It's also the shortest episode of the season, clocking in at about 40 minutes. And yeah, I dug it. I give it a 7 out of 10. And then the last one I watched, and which is the last, also the last episode of the season, Demon79. This one is about a woman who essentially encounters the devil, or a demon, I guess. And he basically tells her, listen, the world is going to end unless you kill three people. And if you kill three people, then, you know, you save humanity. And I get my wings, essentially, the demon. <laughs> he's still, he's also uh, in training. I this is my least favorite episode. Cool premise, but it's my least favorite episode of the of the season. It just it 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 came. I think if they, you know, kept it serious, but it was it it was just too sort of goofy, and uh, they relied on a comedy. And uh, to me, like that Black Mirror never really works when they go goofy in comedy. Although I do think um, the one with uh, God. A long, long time ago. I think it was Bryce Dallas Howard. That one melded comedy and um, drama really well together. This one did not work for me. I really disliked this one. My least favorite of the season. I give that one a five out of ten. So overall, mixed bag. I think, like I said, better than five. If I'm could, if i going to recommend one episode, it would 100% be Beyond the Sea. If you're only going to watch one, watch that one. I thought it was um, the best
0: of the season. So that's it. My little spiel on Black Mirror. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I knew Black Mirror Season 6 was coming out, but I don't feel they advertised it very well because I just get an email one day. It's like, out now, the whole season. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I had no fucking idea. So, yeah, I'm going to watch it probably this week because I, I do love Black Mirror, I think. Uh, and it sounds good. Like, you know, you know that there's one kind of bad episode. The rest seem, at the very least, at least decent. So, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And
1: Locke Henry is the last one I got to watch. So maybe I'll do a little update on that next week. If you watch it or something, we can talk about it. But for Yeah. Sure. Cool. All righty. All right, folks. No trivia this week uh, without Totter. So we are going to head right in to our movie for this week, which is Influencer. Steve, you want to give a little synopsis?
0: Sure. So this is uh, so Influencer 2023. It's directed by... Curtis David Hader, uh, Harder, it stars Emily Tennant, Cassandra Nod, and Rory uh, J. Saper. So this is a story about an influencer, of course, shocker, that's what the story's called, who uh, goes to Thailand to kind of uh, just influence, I guess. She goes there, takes pictures, tries to reinvent herself, but uh, you can tell that she's getting kind of tired of the monotony of taking pictures of herself and posting the same old shit all the time. Uh, You could tell that she's not enjoying it, I guess, like she used to be. And she's having troubles with her boyfriend that, uh, you know, they're communicating online and stuff like that. And he seems to be a dick and he's, he was supposed to meet her there and he didn't end up going. So she's bummed about that. So she goes to a bar to have some drinks and uh, she meets a woman there uh, by the name of CW and they hit it off immediately. And she seems to be from, not from the area. She's American, but she needs, she's been in Thailand for a while. So she offers to kind of show her around and uh, explore, you know, the islands of Thailand. So they become kind of really fast friends and she tells her, well, there's this one place I really want you to check out. I think it would be the best place to reinvent yourself. So they take a boat to an Island where they don't have reception. And she's like, this is where you can kind of really, you know, take your mind off of the whole social media thing and just enjoy yourself and be, you know, one with the Island, all that stuff. And that night, they're around a campfire on this island, and they're just having drinks, enjoying themselves. And they're talking about, like, I'm surprised you haven't killed me because this is the perfect like, setting for you to kill me. And uh, CW says, no, I, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to leave you here. And then she goes into uh, all these reasons why she wants her to leave her there and what would happen to her if she were to leave her there because it's a completely deserted island. There are no ships that pass that island, so she would be stuck there. Until essentially she dies of starvation, and sure enough, that's exactly what she does. She just leaves her the next morning and goes back to you know to her hotel in Thailand and assumes her life. So she puts on a wig, she does she takes pictures like an influencer, and she uses AI technology to replace her face, which is uh she has a giant mole, like a big like um birthmark on her face so it's very obvious like who she is so she like replaces her face with the influencer's face and makes it look like she's still posting because she has access to her social media accounts now and she does that for weeks kind of impersonating her and taking her money and using her like her room and all her stuff Uh, and then she starts you know i guess getting bored of it so she finds another influencer is going to thailand and wants to do the same thing because the idea is that she's been doing this for a while kind of bringing people to this island, making them, you know, starve to death and then taking over their identities. And that's where she meets another influencer and tries to do the same thing, but things get complicated. The original girl's boyfriend comes in and they start getting suspicious. And that's where kind of the story develops. Um, So yeah, so influencer, what do you think of it, Joe? First of all, I think this movie might get the award for the
1: longest sort of way to get it to the title card it's like 40 40 minutes in and then it's, all of a sudden we're like get the the title of the movie with like the casting and director and everything i'm like what the <laughs> fuck like why even bother at that point right like it's, like it's a, she's trend, a little pretentious. Eh? yeah i guess It seemed a little pretentious to me like i like it worked with what was that one fresh,
0: like, fresh i thought yeah. that one
1: was pretty good but like this one was so fucking deep into the movie i'm like <laughs> really like do we really need to at that point but whatever that's a side note you know i thought it was fine it, you know, it, it has its moments. It, it kept me entertained for sure. I just felt it was it, like it was very predictable and sort of by the book. You know, I, I feel like they didn't really take a lot of risks. But yeah, I mean, like I, I was never bored, which is a, a big plus. And, you know, it just, I, was, I, was, I did watch it with Sam and she seemed to enjoy it. I kind of, I said, when I was, while we were watching it, about maybe an hour in, I was like, this reminds me a lot of, like, a Lifetime movie. And I I think it's, like, and it kind of is, like, but in a good, like, it's, it's, like, maybe one of the the best Lifetime movies. So, it's sort of, like, a, a backhanded compliment, I guess I I could say about that. Yeah, I mean, I I wish they did something, I don't know, just a little, like the, like, like the, um, the kill one of the kills right like we, there was potential there for an amazing fucking kill and then they they take you know they go off screen with it you know with the um the high heel kill that would have been fucking amazing and really would have delved more into horror and made it more shocking but they pull it back and you know i am assuming it's cuz he didn't want to make it into a like a straight horror movie he kind of it was kind of more like a um i guess like a thriller more than uh horror with this one but yeah yeah i mean It's fine. Like, it's nothing that will make my top 10 or anything like that Um, and something I'll probably forget about um, in a year (laughs) or something like that. But it was entertaining enough and a decent one-time watch.
0: Yeah, so last year, I had two social media-themed movies on my top 10. I had Deadstream and uh, Sissy. I don't remember. Maybe Sissy was just an honorable mention, but it was close. And Deadstream was definitely on there. So when I saw that they were doing another one on Shutter, they, the other two were on Shutter as well, I was really interested, you know? So I went in not knowing anything about it. I didn't read anything about it before. I went in completely blind. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's You know, I was interested throughout the whole time trying to find out where it was going. I had an idea of where it was going. And sure enough, I was dead on right, because like you said, it's very predictable, kind of where the beats are. But I was still interested to see if they were going to go out of that convention, especially when things are starting to not go uh, CW's way. It's like, okay, how is she going to get out of this one? Is she going to get out of this one? So I was really curious about all that. Uh, I liked seeing the process from two perspectives because, uh, you know, she's been doing this a few times from what we gather just in the conversation she's had. So the first half hour we see it from the perspective of the influencer you know she's getting seduced not seduced in a sexual way but seduced in like a friendly way uh, by this woman and she really kind of gets her in her web and then does this atrocious thing to her whereas the second half hour shows it from like the stalker cw's perspective this is the exact same thing, but she shows it from hers, but like she's waiting, like she does uh, this thing where she ransacks your room and she takes your passport, which kind of brings down the guard and then they're stuck in Thailand. Well, she does this to the second influencer and you see her waiting outside, just staring at her phone, knowing that that other influencer is going to call her because she's the only contact she has in Thailand and to help her out and stuff because it's part of her process. And uh, so it was interesting to see it come from uh, the stalker's perspective. And then the boyfriend kind of comes and ruins everything, which is an interesting uh, situation. But like Joe said, they don't take big risks. Uh, And you're right. There should have been more horror involved. You know, when something's on shutter, I always expect more horror. And in this case, they didn't go there. And you're right with the kill, especially with the, uh, the second influencer when... She puts the heel into her neck. I'm like, oh, this is going to be an amazing kill. And it's funny. So I've seen this movie three, four weeks ago. I even talked about it on watched it that week. And I saw it again um, you know, recently. And I saw that and I'm like, oh, this is a great kill. I remember this. <laughs> I, my mind made up that kill because I think I saw another movie recently where there was a heel that went into someone's either head or throat or eye or something. So, and then when she didn't do it, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I was like mad and yeah it's I just wish they went more into the the horror aspect of it. Yeah, no,
1: ab- absolutely. Um what did you what what did you think about the boyfriend character because it's weird to me that they make him out to be like this huge piece of shit in the beginning of the movie, you know, like he completely ditches Madison, I believe is our sort of our main character's name yeah. besides CW. You know, he ditches Madison, like, right before they're about to go on vacation together. And then she, like, FaceTimes him. And, well, like, they also showed him, like, that he was, like, partying and stuff like that. So, like, really, he could have went on vacation because he was clearly partying and stuff like that. But then, like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you're going to have to, like, figure out your own way home. Like, I don't got time to, you know, pick you up from the airport and stuff like that. But then they sort of try to make him into, like, a hero character. You know, like, halfway through the movie, you know, he shows up to the house and you know, he starts kind of questioning CW is like, where's my girlfriend? Where's my girlfriend? I'm in love with her. And we even see at one point an engagement ring and stuff like that. And I'm like, like, what? Like, I, I thought that was a really weird turn. Cause like, I
0: don't, we're not really rooting for this guy cause he's already kind yeah. of been portrayed as a huge piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, when I work, I usually listen to podcasts and I was listening to a podcast with James Gunn who uh, of course wrote Dawn of the Dead, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, all that stuff. And he said something interesting as particularly a horror, because, of course, he's a big horror fan, started in trauma. And he said, if you don't like the protagonist, why should you give a shit? And he's absolutely right. And I we've talked about this in other movies in the past. You know, Dashcam being the perfect example last year, which I fucking hated because I hated the protagonist so goddamn much. Now, I don't hate the protagonist as much in this one, but there's no one to root for in this movie. You know, um, the influence, the first one, is kind of the only person that you care about but she's off on an island so you you don't know what you know she's kind of gone for most of the movie so really you have this stalker who's killing people essentially and you have this douchebag boyfriend who were led to believe is abusive so why the fuck should I root for him the other influencer doesn't really do much in the story like she is kind of disappointing what they do to her so if you're not rooting for anyone why do I care about any of these people's like fate and I also feel that their fates are kind of dull. It doesn't really lead anywhere. You know, they they just, when it gets interesting and they catch, you know, C.W. in the act, they get disposed of, both of them, really quickly. Uh, there's It's just, I don't know, it's just such a thump. Like, A, I didn't care about their fate, and B, their fate didn't end up doing anything, which is maybe the biggest flaw I think this movie has, personally. I also don't understand why CW drugs
1: the boyfriend at one point. And then like, it, like the only reason she really drugged him was to get into his phone to delete that photo that you see right. her in. So why was it necessary for her to fake um, like a set that they had sex as well? Like that to me, like, I didn't understand the motive for that. It didn't seem to make really any sense. Cause like, what does he care? Like, okay. Like we had sex. Like, it's not like, like, I thought maybe she was going to go, like, the crush route, um, for those of you who have seen that with Lizzie Simasun, and say, like, oh, you raped me or something like that, you know, to kind of try to get him out of the way. But instead, it's like, oh, we had sex? Like, okay. Like, I I don't understand why that was necessary. I think, like, just, you know, drug him, do the fucking face thing, delete the <laughs> yeah, photo, and he, move on. <laughs> exactly. What
0: He could have yeah. just passed out <laughs> and right. he, to taking the same fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. And it is weird because – so it also ends up being what makes him – realize that she's bad because for some reason even if he's passed out he remembers getting fucked which made no fucking sense at all she even goes to this whole thing where she takes a condom unwraps it and then throws it on the ground why they're, like they're, clearly there's no semen in it so you tell he did nuts like come on it, this whole plan makes no fucking sense at all and it's it's almost hard to and that's another problem i have with it which i wrote in my notes I don't believe her process is that good and it's a little too convenient in my opinion. AI is way too good. Uh, At one point she calls the boyfriend as Madison using a computer program but it's so robotic that he's got to be the biggest fucking idiot alive not to realize he's like, oh, you sound sick. No, no, no. She doesn't sound sick. She sounds like a goddamn computer (laughs) who doesn't really sound like Madison all that much uh, talking to you. It's just there are a lot of things that you need to just kind of accept and move on because it's it falls apart when you start really kind of looking at stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you could definitely pick this movie apart because, like, I was talking to Sam at one point And, like, I'm like, man, there are so many, like, when you have an influencer that fucking huge, people will fucking dissect everything. And I was like, I feel like her biggest followers would have noticed, like, this sort of change. And, like, yeah, okay, the AI looks pretty good but i think like like that one like that guy does he kind of like does a frame for frame and you know the mouth kind of isn't completely there like kind of out of sync and then just like the weird sort of changes that were going on like on her page and shit i feel like people would have started questioning uh something which we never see like i think maybe if we saw that and um you know it could kind of could have been like seen cw sort of paranoia or something like that and like then she posts i mean because at one point she posts that she was abused by um the boyfriend character uh, as Madison to kind of i guess ruin his life well actually he was to, right she killed him after, at that point right so it was i guess to kind of for people to start forgetting about him but like at one at some point like we never see any police investigation like this Like the boyfriend knows she's missing, does he not call the police? He just tries to do the detective work himself. I guess
0: it's Thailand, Joe. No one cares. Apparently, (laughs) apparently, Apparently, Uh, yeah. This this whole long con that CW is doing, when you really look at it, it, does not make sense whatsoever. Like, why does she keep the victim alive to play a game that she doesn't even see? You know, it's not like she has cameras over there to watch them die. That makes no sense. B Uh, So I think it's three weeks or four weeks between when she sends Madison to the Island and when the boyfriend comes and surprises her, but she's in Madison's fucking room. Like, and it's just, it doesn't make sense why she's going through all this trouble. Why doesn't she just take the phone and say, you know what? I'm unhooking. I'm unplugging. Don't bother me. Then she doesn't have to go through this whole rigmarole of AI technology and putting on wigs and taking pictures with people, unless that's, she's just trying to be her but she seems to hate social media so much that I don't know why she'd want to be here. It's not like she's ruining her career either. You know, like she does that to the guy where he like em- admits abuse or whatever, but she doesn't do that to Madison. So what's the purpose of keeping the whole thing alive? You know? Uh, pretty simple. I
1: think money, right? Cause these influencers make a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming she, I- how does she get that money though? Cause I'm assuming <laughs> that money would go into their, like a bank accounts, unless she's like, oh, can you forward the money? I guess to this address. or so like, it was a check or something like that. Well, she, I don't really know. She does. But, um, I mean, uh, that is why the
0: credit card company to up her limit. Right? Uh, oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's all about the money. She finds these super successful influencers, so then she can kind of take over their lives, make these posts, and get the money for it. Right. Like, so she can kind of live the the lavish lifestyle. That's why she, you know, at one point you see how she finds people. Essentially, is she searches you know, Bangkok, which is where she lives. And then just tries to find, uh, uh you know, influencers who are all living, who are, uh, uh, you know, so on solo trips also, why do they got to be females? Like all the time too, I guess. Cause it's easier. Cause well, she you know, can't,
0: yeah. Impersonate. Right. Males, she can't do
1: the AI. Yeah. She can't do the AI with the male. So yeah. I guess that makes but, but sense. But like
0: if, if it is money, right. Totally plausible. Why is she staying in the in Madison's place? Why don't she just take money and rent her own place? That's like, so you don't go, right. your fucking, <laughs> you don't kill someone and to go in their house for a, a month. You know, people are going to find right. out eventually. You know, it's just, it makes, it doesn't really make sense. Like the whole plan is, I don't know, the motivation, the plan seems very loose to me. So.
1: Absolutely. Also, do you think it was sort of detrimental to, I guess, the twist to kind of show uh madison we open the movie like it shows kind of the island and it kind of shows madison's body like on the island now whether she's dead whether she's dead or not we don't really know there but the whole rest the whole movie i'm like we're gonna go back and she's going to be alive which is exactly (laughs) what happens if if you never get that opening i don't do you think that opening shot to me that opening shot kind of hurt it because i was like oh she's probably still alive on the island. was, was it madison though I think so. Was I, it not? I, I
0: thought it was just like the previous victim. It,
1: it's possible. Like they did show that one girl. Um, or that is that girl in the book, that name, she kind of opens up. Right. And I'm assuming that's one of the previous victim. I assumed it was Madison. Okay, um, well, I you. could be totally wrong. <laughs> and that's kind of why. I, so I was just waiting for us to go back and find Madison at the end, which do you think it's plausible? I mean, this girl <laughs> is not like, She is an influencer, right? Like, I don't think her survival skills are that great. Granted, I don't know what she went through, you know, earlier in life. She just did not seem like the type of person that had these great survival skills. So she would have had to survive for a month building her own fire. She would have had to figure out how to do that with whatever tools, which, you know, you can do. Obviously, you watch these survival shows, you know, boil the water. Obviously, she was boiling water to survive. Fish? and then whatever Befriend? she's finding for food well, so, for i mean fish, i guess you,
0: you see the fish yeah. like hooked on like oh, that's the right fire, yeah like... yeah
1: so she was able to, to fish and shit like that i mean i guess like it's plausible yeah she
0: befriended and... a volleyball it was a whole thing yeah. like it's, it's a yeah. whole fucking movie <laughs> that you can make about her adventure being on this island yeah like i don't know it's just i thought at first that i knew she was alive that was in my mind, that was always going to be the twist. But I thought she was just going to come back to Thailand and go for like, become a revenge movie in the third act, because it made no sense to me for Madison to just go back to the island. Now I guess she needed to clear the body so her next victim can not be wise. But even that, like, I don't know, it just it didn't make sense. <laughs> the just keeping her alive made no sense to me. But I guess she she wanted them to suffer and to have that euphoric experience that she described at the beginning of the movie.
1: Yeah, I guess so. And then what happened? Did, was the boyfriend's body still on the boat when she goes yeah, off? she again? finds. Him, she okay. finds.
0: Uh, she sees his hand, and it's right. under a tarp, and she like lifts the tarp and just. Right. But doesn't so react that much. You don't really like see no. much of her medicine. Well, she didn't she wanted to break up with him, so yeah. I mean, right. But it,
1: it was still it was still a loved one. So you think it would have been a little more horrific, but she did go through a, quite a trauma. Yeah, and then essentially that's exactly how the movie ends. You know, she knocks out um cw and leaves her with the same fate like good luck you're on this island now and try to survive but ain't no one coming back for you that's for sure uh so she basically leaves her for dead but like what do you do right like i I, do you go to the police at that point and like tell them oh well she's on this island go pick her up right like because she's gonna have to explain everything right so uh, cw gonna i guess be picked up and go to jail or do we assume that maybe she's gonna wait a little bit or you know and then wait for cw to die on that island i,
0: I don't really know yeah i, I don't know like uh, and if cw had any brains at all which i don't know <laughs> given her plan uh she would have had like a backup contingency plan because what if the plan doesn't work in the first place and somehow she gets stuck on island you would think she'd have some kind of like cash where she's getting ready you know unless the, that's what they're saving for a sequel because again i think she should have fucking just murdered the shit out of her you know i don't think that leaving her was justice because she can also survive and i don't think that's fair i think she should have just beat the shit out of her and she, it looked like they were going that way but they didn't you know she barely had a scratch from that <laughs> right. on that fucking head wound that she should have had
1: yeah she also seemed um for a girl that was on an island for like a month, she seemed to be in pretty like good shape. Like she wasn't like frail. Right. <laughs> like yeah. At all. You know, yeah. I don't even know if you'd be able to like fight someone off at that point. Cause like she's, she, you know, she didn't like seem like she lost much weight. Um, right. She's still wearing, still wearing the same exact clothes. You think at that point you'd be like wearing like a fucking like leaf, leaf fucking <laughs> right. bikini or something, you know, but who knows? Um, Yeah. So uh, any other thoughts, I yeah. guess.
0: W- w- one question, old British dude. So they meet an old British dude. ah yes creepy know. old British man creepy yes old... <laughs> so creepy did he have that thoughts or do you think he was just lonely and just really actually just wanted you know kind of to be mm, yeah with someone
1: you know I think he was harmless you know I think he yeah you know, he's a little creepy obviously mm. but like I don't think if she got if she never got saved by CW I think it would have just been an awkward conversation and. Right. That would have been it. Like you know, like maybe he would have been a little forthcoming at certain inappropriately, but she could. I think she. I don't foresee him ever like drugging her and like yeah. sort of raping
0: her or anything but like that. As a woman, you always have to be on guard because of course there's yes, so many fucking creeps out there. But it's, he, he, it's kind of ironic yeah. that by being saved by that creep, she ended up <laughs> she essentially <laughs> almost word, getting killed a worse, by, the, by right. the worst creep. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, and we was, do get.
1: He he comes back into the movie. Which who who would have thought that? You know, he, he he puts the
0: pieces together.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. ends up cracking the whole case. Um, but I think that I think secondary scene with uh, the boyfriend character kind of showed that. Okay, he's not really like a bad guy. He's just you know yeah. lonely making conversation because he buys the guy a beer. <laughs> like right. Right? He's, like I, he's
0: like yeah, so. Yeah, but he's also a man, so he he would have treated. Him yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yep. I just, I don't know, that guy just, I felt bad for him, but at the same time, like, he might have some, because he does sure. joke that he's there for women. Yeah. Uh, but I think there was truth to that joke, you yeah, know? Sure. Like one of yeah. those, like, mm-hmm. fucking creepy old men. They're always at bars <laughs> just hanging out. If you, I don't know if it's, it's the, it must be the same in the U.S. Anytime I go to a bar, which isn't often anymore, but, like, when I used to, there's always two or three of those guys at the bar. Always. And they're always yeah. at the counter. And they're always there with the stack of like whatever peanuts or fucking cheesies or whatever the fuck they're eating and pretzels. And they just, they're always there. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's just a thing everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're in a fucking hole in a small town that you've never heard of, there's always going to be that guy. And it's it's just weird that that happens. Yeah. Tale as old as time, I guess. (laughs) All right. Final thoughts.
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we, let's just get right into rating it. Uh, well, I did, I said, I did hear you mention a sequel. Um, I, oh, no, I I'm just guessing necessary, but no, yeah. I know. But which like, what is, was there any, would you no. want to see a sequel? No, no, I don't think I, I don't, don't want to see a sequel. <laughs> all right. All right. So yeah, I mean, I think we gave pretty much all our thoughts just, you know, for me, it was fine. Predictable. Good one time watch. If, it, if it was on again, if someone put it on again, I wouldn't hate sitting through it again, honestly. So I think that's a bit of a compliment, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I give it a three out of five. I think it's decent. I think it's, you know, you can do a hell of a lot worse and uh, a good like Sunday afternoon
0: trying to throw on type movie. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's, uh, I also gave it three out of five. You know, it's, we often complain that movies are too long. I think this one is perfect. Like it's like an hour and a half. It tells a story it needs to tell and then, uh, once you start getting tired of it it ends you know <laughs> maybe a two maybe a little bit too abruptly if you ask me they, they just kind of dispose of the boyfriend really quickly after she's tied up but uh yeah it was a good watch I, I watched it twice and i still feel the same about it than i did the first time uh i just picked it apart a lot more this time because i was reviewing it as opposed to just talking about it at high level but uh yeah i think it's worth at least checking out but i don't think it'd make a lot of people's top tens or anything that was also a horrible plan. Uh, let's go out and like the
1: pitch black into yeah. the ocean to go to the island. Like, wait till the daytime, man. Just have her tied up. Seriously. Um, and fucking, you know, maybe you would have lived. Uh, <laughs> but that, that was a little far-fetched, too, I felt like. Like, yeah. like how the hell did she, like, get away enough to be able to run into him to knock him into the water? He should have fucking – you'd think he would have been holding her the entire time, you know. But and then she's able to fucking sneak uh, – the water was she was able to fucking, yeah. you know – do that fucking maneuver to get out of the the tie down. Uh, a little crazy, but whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> All righty. Are we doing Day of the Dead next week? Is that the uh, yeah, I think so. Probably. All right. All right, guys. That is going to be it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget, Movie Week is coming up June thirtieth. Steve. Yeah, that, that Friday next week. A week okay. from now. Okay. All right. Awesome. So, uh, how you can join in on the movie club is, of course, our Discord. All you gotta do to get into the Discord, go to any of our social medias—Facebook, Twitter, Instagram—give us a follow on there, and then send us a uh, DM, and we will send you a link to get into the Discord. Completely free, great community over there. It's absolutely the best way, of course, to keep up with the podcast and even just other stuff too. I mean, we're taught talk- we talk anything and everything over there. Not even just horror, but just you know life things in general and non-horror things it, it's great it's a great great community over there amazing people so please join us on the discord also next week i should mention we are going to be reviewing day of the dead we were supposed to review it next week uh this week but with no totter we decided to wait so next week day of the dead which you can
0: stream on somewhere <laughs> yeah, I, <don't laughs> know, I, know? I, I have it on blu-ray so <laughs> and you should all have it on blu-ray too Shame shame on you if you don't. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, I know it's on Tubi for sure. Okay. Uh, I I don't know the other places. It's probably other places. Okay. So you can definitely, I mean, it's been, you know, it's Day of the Dead, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I know you'll be able to find it out there somewhere. It is free on Tubi here uh, in the States as well. Also on Pluto TV, Peacock and pretty much everywhere. So yeah. I mean, if you have any of those, you can go watch Day of the Dead for free for next week. And yeah, don't forget, to leave us a five star review on anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can also email us anytime, the horror squad podcast at gmail.com. And I think that's about it. So we'll see you guys next week for Day of the Dead. Bye.
0: since the night we met, but I, I don't know, maybe I should have just known. You're fucking creepy.